Welcome to the Susquehanna Valley Baptist Pulpit, preaching a life worth living, abundant life in Christ. And now the message. Romans 15. Romans 15, and note, if you will, verse number 4. Romans 15 and verse number 4. The scripture records, For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Notice the instruction there. Whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning. Now, with that in mind, turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, and we'll get there directly. A character study is our topic this morning, and a character study seeks to highlight, seeks to highlight and to analyze the traits and characteristics of a person or group of people in scriptures. You'll remember there in Romans chapter 15, whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning. You ever wondered why God in the scriptures has allowed so many different individuals, and not all perhaps, but much of their experience of life being recorded in scriptures? Now, I do understand that there are some people primarily uh, in, in the Old Testament, but there are some in the New Testament as well that we know very little about. Their name comes up one time. And that's really all you get to know about them. I, I think about, here's one for you. I think about the children of Abraham's wife, Keturah. Go, name them. But they're there. I couldn't name them either. But they're there. We are familiar with his first son, born out of promise, and his name was Ishmael. We're familiar with Ishmael. We're certainly familiar with the son of promise, born to Sarah, the promised son, and his name was Isaac. But then after Sarah died, and Isaac has risen to really adulthood by the greater essence of it, uh, he marries again. And God blesses that union. I mean, it's interesting to me. He was all panicked. The whole reason for Ishmael, think about this, the whole reason for Ishmael was the fact that he was getting old, right? And he was past that time, and so they're helping God out here, and it didn't work well at all. And then Sarah laughs at him. She's beyond that time. And then after he has grown Isaac and she, Sarah has passed away, he'll marry again, and he'll have a whole other parcel of children. They're mentioned in the Scriptures. You don't find out a tremendous amount about them, but their names are present. But then there are certain individuals, I think like Joseph. We've spent some time with our youth this year discussing him. Where there's great chapters of the Old Testament that are directly focused at his life and his experience from his youth to his age. Why is it that God allowed these individuals to be listed? And I think according to Romans chapter, six, uh, Romans chapter 15, they're written for our learning. And that's what a characteristic study seeks to do, to highlight and to analyze the traits and characteristics of a person or group of people. Sometimes, sometimes this type of study is referred to as a biographical study, a biographical study. This type of study is really a type of topical study, a biographical or character study. It's an expanded topical study, if you will. In Corinthians, Paul, by inspiration, illustrates a preeminent reason for character studies. You're there in 1 Corinthians, and note, if you will, in the 10th chapter, uh, he says, moreover, in verse number one, 
I would not that ye should be ignorant how that our fathers were under the clouds and all passed through the seas. We're baptizing the Moses in the cloud and in the sea and did eat the same spiritual meat and all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Now draw your attention to verse number five. But with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown. The root word there has the idea of uh, prostrated, of being cast down face forward in the wilderness. Now these things were our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. So God here is given by inspiration to Paul. The reason why he chronicled these individuals' life experience was to be an example to you and I that would be, by context of scriptures, thousands of years later. You'll note in verse number uh, seven, neither be idolaters. Well, why would I derive the danger of idolatry? Because as were some of them, as it rose, or as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication, as some of them committed and fell in a day three and twenty thousand. Neither tempt, neither let us tempt Christ, as some of them to also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all these things happened for in samples, and they are written for our admonition upon whom the end of the world are come. And so even Paul here sees the great truth relayed to him by inspiration that illustrates a preeminent reason for character studies. I give you these blanks in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. But with many of them God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things were for our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Great biblical truths learning how the non-changing God, or I should say unchanging God, dealt with people. How he dealt with them, what God liked and wanted them to do, is still in one great cause what God wants us to do. God would have us to be obedient and not rebellious. You want to see how God deals with rebels? Look to the Old Testament. There's plenty of rebels there. And he would be an unjust God if he does not judge rebels today as he did rebels in the past. And that is all in part of things that can be discovered in a character study. Let me give you two resources. Uh, this first resource, I have a copy of it. Uh, you can take a look at it if you want, but it's a very good resource for character studies. It's called the Bible Biographic, uh, Biography Series. The Bible Biography Series by James G. Butler, B-U-T-L-E-R, Butler. Uh, this is a series of books that covers the lives of 27 individuals, uh, and it's in, in great uh, detail. Uh, I have a copy. I have one copy. I have one of these 27. It's 27 different individuals, and my one copy is King Saul, King Saul, and it's probably about 300 pages of, of uh, research and work that Brother Butler did, he's with the Lord now, that he did just on the life of Saul, and it will have background information, and uh, he is an alliterator, so you know how all that works in outline form. Um, but he'll have the background information, uh, tribal information, because obviously he's from the tribe of, which you would know as you read through and, and do something of, of a character study. And he'll have a coverage of his kingdom, 
lessons to be learned, and it's all set up. But of course, there's way more than 27 individuals in all of scriptures, but this is a very good resource. Uh, They are privately published, meaning they're not held by a large publishing group, so sometimes these particular volumes can run, uh, I don't know, $20 $20 a piece or something like that. They're hardback. An additional resource would be one like J. Sidlow Baxter's book entitled, Mark These Men. And this of Uh, resource. He investigates various biblical biographies like King Saul, Paul, Lazarus, Simon, the Cyrene, Gideon, Balaam, and several others. And I use these as two illustrations. One, you've got a whole book on one individual. The other, particular this book, Mark These Men, it is really a couple chapters to a chapter on each individual. In fact, I think if I was going to give you an illustration, uh, the book I have on Saul, written by Butler, is probably about an inch and a half thick. If you were to get a copy of Mark These Things, which has uh, a condensed study of the lives of all these individuals, it's roughly the same thickness. So obviously one's got a little bit more detail and information than the others, but these are available resources. Uh, what about dangers? Are there any dangers? Can you study uh, characteristic study or biographical study? Can you study it incorrectly? Is there any dangers? And to each one of these, we have listed some dangers, and there are at least two dangers related to character studies that, uh, that the servant of God needs to be aware of. The first of these is the danger of reading into the text. Reading into the text. What do you mean by that? Finding stuff about the life of the individual that's not actually there. That's what reading into the text. It's perhaps the desire, it might even come from a noble sense, but it is to place the truth into the narration because it seems to fit, but the fact is it's not there. Uh, And that is a danger. I think a lot of times we like things as it pertains to uh, certain studies, we like everything to button up beautifully and nicely. And sometimes they don't button up the way we really want them to button up, and so we kind of have the idea or tendency that we can twist around or mingle around to make something present that isn't there. And certainly that's the case with topical studies and character studies as well. And so the danger of reading into the text. A second one, and this is equally important, is the danger of isolation of the character. Isolation of the character. So you're studying Uh, Let's say that you're studying Elijah, and you're looking at the faith of Elijah. Now, did Elijah have faith? Is he mentioned anywhere that he had faith? Oh, my, you'd go to James, couldn't you? Man of great faith, he prayed, and it did not rain for a space of three years. Yes. So you could say that Elijah is a character who uh, expresses and has not only faith in God, but a trust in God's ability. So then he began to go to the king's. And you begin to chronicle and to exact out his life, and there's, there's a great volume of information present about his life. And you begin to look at it, and now you're building your application, and you somehow begin to isolate the character to think that Elijah teaches you everything you know about and everything you should know about the life of faith. That's what I mean by isolating the character. Setting up that character outside of Jesus Christ setting that character as being the chief example of a specific doctrine or truth throughout the scriptures. That would be a danger. Uh, It would actually, probably I would say, that both of these are linked together because no character outside of Jesus Christ is complete and perfect. 
And, you know, if you were studying the life of Elijah and coming to the point of seeing his grand faith, you'd almost have to overlook chapter number 19, where he, in a moment of faithlessness, has fled to the desert and, like Jonah, seemingly of old, finds a tree in Elijah's stead. It's a juniper tree and crawls under it and says, Lord, it's good enough that I die. Uh, so if that's your methodology there, you're going to have great difficulty with it. And so these are two dangers. Don't read into the text and place truths that aren't there in the narrative. And don't isolate the character and use them as the sole place of truth on any single topic. Well, what would be a process? Let's get to the process. Well, number one, after much time in prayer, the importance here is to choose the character. Choose the character. After soaking this matter in prayer, you want to select a character that you would like to study. Uh, if you've never done a biographical study uh, or have only done a couple of them, you want to carefully consider the character that you choose. Carefully consider the character that you choose. Uh, you would not want to be remiss and choose a character not knowing really thing, anything about that. For instance, if you were to set out and say, well, I'm going to do in my first character study, my first biographical study is going to be on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the first one I'm going to do because he's preeminent and should have preeminence in all things. Well, once you get started, you're likely to be a little bit overwhelmed because in studying the topical study, or making a biographical sketch and biographical study of the Lord Jesus Christ, think of how much context of Scripture deals with him. You're going to have to perhaps limit it to some type of scope. For instance, falling within the narrative of character study, you would have to talk about the miracles of Christ. Well, there are whole volumes of studies done on the miracles of Christ. And then you, of course, would want to deal with the travels of Christ. There's four Gospels that deal with the travels of Christ. And then perhaps you'd want to deal with the prayers of Christ or the persecution of Christ. Do you see how expansive that can get? Or the background or the genealogy of Christ. There's opening chapters that detail both halves in one sense, both the civil and the biological uh, genealogies of Jesus Christ are given in Luke and Matthew. You'd have to go through all those details. Or how about the birth of Christ? You see how expansive and you wouldn't be very far into it if the Lord Jesus Christ was going to be your first one and you were not going to leave anything out. It would be a short period of time and you would be overwhelmed. It would be like having never run a race before and signing up for a 26-mile marathon. You're not going to be long into the home stretch and what's going to happen? You're going to get a cramp and you're going to quit. You're going to get discouraged. So... You don't want to be overwhelmed, not at the onset. If you set out to do a similar study, and let's say that you choose the person justice, justice, you're going to be a little discouraged because you're going to find that very little information truly exists. And justice was one of the first disciples, I believe, of the uh, Ephesian church, and really is only mentioned a handful of times. And so your study in that regard may seem underwhelming to you. Uh, you may find that you're a little discouraged because there wasn't much information that existed on him. Of course, then you could set out to do a study and say, I'm going to do a study on Simon or Mary. And you may not be underwhelmed and you may not be overwhelmed, but you might be a little bit confused because there are several people in scripture known as Simon and several people in scripture known as Mary. And so give some consideration 
to the character. Give some consideration to the character. Number two, after the character is chosen, it now begins the process of searching the Scripture. While you're filling in those blanks, searching the Scriptures, I convey it this way. That's why I think Bible reading should naturally lead to Bible study. Bible reading is not the end of all things. It's the foundation for all things. And so as you read through the Bible, you'll get a working knowledge to know that there were several Simons or that there were several Marys, at least three in the gospel accounts. And that will allow you some guidance as you go forward to choose the character. But after the character's chosen, number two, you want to search the scriptures. Search the scriptures. Once the character is selected, you want to collect all of the passages that reference your character or their action. It would be helpful at this point in juncture to use a Strong's Concordance or a Bible Dictionary Encyclopedia for this person portion of study. If you're wanting to know uh, some good Bible dictionaries or encyclopedias, I think I would take you back to Lesson 3, which is online, and I give a list of them. I would encourage you, though, when you're using a concordance, you don't have to use Strong's, but Young's, Cruden's, there's a couple of them out there. But you want to make sure they're exhaustive concordances, not, not abridged, not condensed. Um, I remember in uh, one literature class once, they were talking about if anyone had read these classic pieces of novel. And uh, I said, well, I've read all of them. In fact, I read them all in about a week. And they said, how is that possible? I said, they're the reader's illustrated version, you know, where it had like a 1,000 pages in the book, but yours had 100 and about 20 pictures. And a picture's worth a 1,000 words, right? So you basically read it. You basically. You don't want to get a concordance that is limited to do a full character study. In fact, I would say don't, don't only use the concordance in the back of your Bible. Your concordance index in the back of your Bible is not exhaustive. You want one that contains exhaustive research. A good Bible dictionary, that, that could be Easton or uh, Unger, Haley, they're, they're all pretty good. They're, they're not expensive. Some of these you can get online. Again, I would refer you back to lesson number three where we gave some detail on this. Number three, you're searching the scripture. Now you want to organize your material. Organize the material. Uh, once you have thoroughly isolated each passage, you should make a list of questions to aid in organizing your material. Consider the following with regard to your selected character. And I've got a list here. Uh, and you can add to this or take away from this. Obviously, not all of these would be the same questions that you would ask to every group of people or every person. But here's some ideas. Uh, what were their strengths and weaknesses? So you've, you've looked up the life of the Apostle Paul, and the Apostle Paul would be an expanded study because you would deal with missionary journeys and things like that. But if you're looking at that, all right, what were strengths and weaknesses? That would be an obvious thing. You could glean from that. Well, here, taking my verses, strengths and weaknesses would be here. And then you would say, well, the opposite of strengths and success, I should say. Strengths and success was that first one. And then you could also chronicle the next uh, line there is weakness or failure. Weakness or failure. And that creates two columns. And you can chronicle your verses in those. Number three, you might want to note some difficulties they overcame difficulties they ever came. Uh, again, if you're thinking about the Apostle Paul, he's well known, so let's consider him for a moment. What difficulties did he overcome? Oh, that'd be a good one. You would think about his shipwrecks. 
He was in a couple of those. You didn't want to go on a high seat cruise with the Apostle Paul. It, it often ended okay, but it wasn't something that you would say was a vacation. What were some other difficulties? I'm sorry? So, oh, yes. Stoning. Stoning. Beaten with rods. What else? It was imprisoned. Now, I want to ask you this. All of these, what do they focus on? <laughs> Pain. <laughs> They're all really focusing on a specific part of his life. Not the whole of his life, but what are you primarily for all of these? When was he stoned? When was he shipwrecked? When was he beaten with rods? When was he imprisoned? That was his missionary journeys. Now, is that the only thing that Paul did in all of scriptures? No, but it is truly a large part of the context. But I would say also that when we consider topically and we think about what difficulties did he have to overcome, I might would talk about his adherence to a false religion. I mean, he was blinded by some type of humanism. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. That's a difficulty. He had to overcome bad theology. In Romans, he talks about he was zealous in the persecution of the church. He was zealously wrong. And so you look at the difficulties, you can look at them expansively. And then, of course, you circle back to the end of his life, and there were unique difficulties at the end of his life that he'd have to face. Not shipwreck, imprisonment would be one of those. Loneliness would be one of those. No one was with him. Loss of friends would be one of those. I don't want to ruin the study for you, but you see how comprehensive these questions could be. Number four, what helped their success or failure? Now, you can cop out on this one and say, God. All right, well, what lessons did the Lord teach them that helped their successes or failures? That's how you would gauge that. The next, what privileges did they abuse? Now, you might find with some characters that this one really does not fit. Look at the Apostle Paul's life, and once he's come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, you really don't, that's not really an answer. What privileges did he abuse? But if you were looking at the life of Samson, what privileges did he abuse? Yes, he used God's ability in a very fleshly, sensual way. So in some cases it fits, and in other topics you'd want a new question or to remove this one. Uh, the next one, what privileges did he abuse? The next one, what opportunities did they seize? What opportunities did they seize? What opportunities did they neglect? What opportunities did they neglect? Again, if you're thinking about the life of Samson, you would say, wow, he really missed a lot of opportunities. There were, he, God would have him be a Nazarite, and he broke that vow early. And it, well, what's a Nazarite? You'll have to study the word of God. But it was a vow his parents made regarding him, and he wasted a great opportunity. What perils did they avoid? And finally, what victories did they gain? What victories did they gain? And so you would arrange all of the passages, organize all this material. After you've made up a list of questions, you kind of filter it in that regard. Number four, number four, you want to develop the findings. Develop the findings. Once you have organized your material, now is the time to develop your findings. Once tried, uh, one tried and trusted method is to write a sketch of their life, a sketch of their life. 
He would include in that sketch as much detail about their surroundings. So if you're dealing with Jonah, you want to consider some type of background on Tarshish or perhaps Nineveh. Why? Because God called him to Nineveh, but he chose a ship bound towards. Why did what what possible? Why would he go to Tarshish? Where is Tarshish? Was that just happenstance? Was there something he knew about? I think it's fair to put a little of that background about their surroundings. Also, as you're developing it, not only background about the surroundings, but also about the events that occurred. What happened? What's the narrative? You know, we're thinking about Jonah and our VBS. All right, what's the narrative? Uh, God's called him. So it's a little bit of his refusal, rebellion. You've got a little fear, and you certainly have a lot of faithlessness that is present. And so what are some of the events that occurred? And get them into as much order as you possibly can. Also, I would mention a third thing here, uh, though you don't have a blank to fill in here, the passing of time. Or maybe you do, the passing of time. We miss a lot with this. We sometimes think that things happen in chronological hour-by-hour motion, i.e. the life of Joseph, that somehow in our mind what happened was Daddy gives him the coat, his dad sends him to Shechem. At Shechem, his brothers grab him, throw him in a pit, and sell him. And then two hours later, you know, he's now with the Ishmaelites in slavery. And then immediately he goes into uh, Potiphar's house, and he's at Potiphar's house. This, uh, that was like days. And then he's in prison. And then a couple days later, like he's out of prison. And then he's, a, he's the vizier in Egypt. And then seven years of bad, seven years of good, and then and we've squished when reality from the beginning to the time he was two years in prison. And having the knowledge, and the scripture tells you that, having the knowledge of time frame really to me expands what it means when Joseph waited or was patient. It's one thing if I had to wait in prison for two hours. Like that's that's one thing. I was a chaplain county prison. Uh, every month, I was probably in prison for four or five hours. I didn't think much about it. It wasn't always pleasant. This is what you did. But now, what if you were incarcerated for two years? And by the way, you are wrongly incarcerated. And actually, I've got to I think I got the timeline wrong. Come to think about it. I think he was in prison for two years from the time of the baker and the butler's dream until the time he got out. So two years would not equally represent his entire time of incarceration. What you really got is a man from the young age, the scripture doesn't give the start date, but let's call him mid-teen, something like that, till probably 40 years, the better part of 15 years of traumatic struggles. Now, put him waiting on God and patience and overshadow how often we're willing to wait on God and have patience. Do you see how chronicling the passage of time is a powerful tool that is revealed in a character study? Well, it would also be a great worth to develop your character study in relationship to Christ, in relationship to Christ. Were they a forerunner of Christ? Were they a forerunner of Christ? Think John the Baptist. That's a unique ministry he had. Was this individual 
Is he referenced in the New Testament as being a type? Was this Old Testament character referenced in the New Testament as being a type of Christ? Perhaps like Melchizedek? Hebrews speaks of this in, in this wise. Were, were they an enemy to Christ, like Satan? You could read about that in Ezekiel and Isaiah. Were they a servant of Christ? Paul talks often about being a servant of Jesus Christ. Were they a brother to Christ? Think of James or Jude. Were they a friend of Christ? Think of Abraham, who was the friend of God. And so as you're, you're running down through there, what are the surroundings? What cities? What trips? Where'd they go? Think about the events that occurred. What happened? Then what about the passing of time? How much time passed during all this time? And then what was their relationship with Christ? This is how you develop the findings that you organized early. And then number five, no study really is complete if there's not application. There's the application of the lesson. The application of the lesson. Once the sketch is finished, summarize the lessons that you have learned. To help you, a couple of additional questions might be good. Were they faithful? Moreover, brethren, it is required of a steward that a man be found faithful. Well, look at this character that that God has put, this real person, their flesh and blood. Like, were they faithful? They like Joseph. Did they endure? They stand fast? Now, that gives me an opportunity to say, hey, God will provide me the strength. How? Because he did so for Joseph. And so if he's provided that for him, to provide for me. How did God aid them? I think about Peter. It was must have been around April fifteenth because it was tax time. I'm I'm just I'm joking about that. You know, if it's tax time, I don't have any money. Now I'm not suggesting that you should take that out of context and say, well, all I need to do is go through a hook in the water and I'm gonna get money out of the fish's mouth. But there is a lesson to be learned there, isn't there? If you walk with God and obey him, he's going to provide. That's the lesson there. That's the lesson. How did God aid them? What were the personal obstacles they had to overcome to be used? Jonah would list a number of them. He had to overcome some fear. And I think beyond just the fear, he had to overcome anger. And if I could go a step beyond that, you want to know something Jonah had to overcome? a general disgust and dislike to the people God had called him to. You know, we just had a missions conference this year. If you ask those missionaries, you'll often hear it. Oh, how I love the missionaries. Can you imagine Jonah on the deputational trail? Please don't support me. I hate these people. I don't want to go. I don't love them, don't like them, and really don't want them saved. Tell me he doesn't have to overcome that. Of course, when you come to the end of Jonah chapter 4, this might be the most upset, successful evangelist in the history of scriptures. He's upset. That's a personal reality. Always in the lesson, the study, if you will, with some personal questions. How am I like this person? What are my personal failures? How can I keep from repeating failures like they did? How can I be used of God like they were? And then I'll give you a series of good studies. I'll not go into detail. Some of these I've already mentioned. Um, But here's some just good biographical studies in which to engage. Enoch's a good one. 
if you have not ever done a biographical study, I'd encourage you to look at Enoch. Why? There's some material. There are a couple different individuals named Enoch, but there's only one with any weight of Scripture, and that would be in Genesis. He's also in the, in the, uh, in the early Gospels, part of the uh, uh, genealogies, and then he's in Jude, too. So you've got a character at the beginning, end, and kind of in the middle of the Bible. Enoch's a good study. Uh, Stephen would be a good study. By Stephen, I'm talking about that preaching deacon of the church at, the church at Jerusalem there. Uh, not a ton, but enough for you to glean a good study out of. Jonah, again, you could make it more expansive when you begin to deal with the surroundings and things like that. But Jonah does not take up the volume of all of scriptures, and you really could confine your uh, character study and make it uh, a little bit easier to develop. Timothy and Titus would be good. Timothy and Titus, and keep in mind, though you would use the pastoral epistles, uh, 1st, 2nd Timothy and Titus, you'd also go to the book of Acts. And again, there's not tons of information, but there's enough to do a worthwhile study. Balaam is a good one. You remember who Balaam was? By the way, most of your questions when you're organizing are going to be in the negative. What did this guy waste? What failures? Almost all of them are going to be in the negative. And then you probably want to include in his study his pet animal. Uh, Cain. Cain would be a good one. Nehemiah and John the Baptist as well. These would just be references to character study. Some of these are more expansive and greater theology, and you may or may not hit on those in your study. But that's what a character study is. There's a way in which to see how God dealt in the past with certain peoples, and their times and things are given in scriptures for our examples, both of good and evil. A character study is just yet another tool to help us give ourselves to the study of the Word of God. Father, thank you for listening. If you'd like to contact us, please write us at P.O. Box 126 541 Harrisburg, Pennsylvania 17112 and visit our website at www.svbcpa.org. Until next time.